I think the simple message for a woman who's very busy and doesn't want to have, uh, doesn't want to overthink it and shouldn't overthink it is, if I can, whenever I need to be influential, message how what I'm doing has some benefit for somebody other than myself, that messaging is, is very helpful. Welcome to Well Said, the official storytelling podcast from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Imagine you were just promoted. This is something you've been dreaming about. Finally, you're in a position with a little more power, a little more responsibility, and a great team to work with. Now, imagine your colleagues continue to ask you favors or to do things you used to do in your old job. For women, this probably doesn't feel unfamiliar. It's often said that women in business have unique challenges to overcome when compared to their male counterparts, especially women in leadership roles. But according to Keenan Flagler School of Business Associate Professor Allison Fergale, there are a few tricks leaders can use to improve their status in the office. I don't think we have a single unified perception of a female leader. That's Allison. She studies power, status, and influence in organizations, and she says that there's no typical female leader. That's because there's a huge variance in the conditions and experiences women have in the workplace. But when it comes to how they're perceived, that could be a different story. We know from research that if women are going to have challenges as leaders, we understand a little bit about where that comes from. And the challenge that we, we see is that we evaluate people relative to our expectations of them. And we hold stereotypes, beliefs about how men and women do and should behave. We also hold stereotypes about how leaders should behave. And the challenge that we see for women when they experience challenges is that we have what we would call, in very psyche terms, stereotype conflict. A stereotype conflict is just that. When we consciously or subconsciously battle with a person who contradicts how we believe that person should act. So, according to Allison, we expect different things from women and leaders. Women, for example, are stereotypically nurturing, while leaders have a more dominant and assertive role. But before we pick apart all the stereotypes of women and leaders, we need to talk about two terms, status and power. That we would talk about power and status always in the same breath, as if they were redundant ways to describe the exact same thing. But conceptually, they're not. They are both sources of influence. They are both associated with hierarchy in groups and organizations. But they have different definitions. They are theoretically and conceptually different. Power is generally thought of as resource control. So if you control information, if you control access to other people, if you control budgets, if you control rewards and punishments, that's what we think about as power. Status is the extent to which you're respected, admired, and valued by other people. So status exists only in the minds of other people. You can't take it. It is what people believe about you. Allison performed a research study to better understand the relationship between status and power in the workplace and how those two things affect our perceptions of others. Everyone in the workplace falls somewhere on a four-quadrant grid. The vertical axis indicates the amount of power or resources we have, and the horizontal axis measures our status, how likable we are. 
Where each of us land on this grid is directly related to how dominant or submissive and cold or warm we are perceived. Essentially what we found is that power without status leads to a particularly negative set of attributes and judgments that we make about individuals. So if all we know about somebody is that they have a lot of power and not a lot of status, we conclude that they're highly dominant, so ambitious, assertive, confident, et cetera. But we also conclude that they're not very warm. They're on the cold end of the um, warm, cold spectrum. So self-interested, calculating, not other-oriented. So the conclusions about the people we work with and for are based in their status and power. That makes sense, right? Think about your boss or your boss's boss. Are they well-liked? Do you view them as dominant and cold or maybe dominant and warm? This relationship, the one between status and power that ultimately leads to the way we perceive those around us, can be challenging for those in leadership positions to master because of these stereotypes that Allison uncovered. And for women, this creates a delicate balancing act. So women are supposed to show up as high on the warm, warm cold dimension. Um, leaders are supposed to show up as high on the dominant dimension. It doesn't mean they can't be warm as well. But what ends up happening is if those stereotypes conflict, what I expect of a good leader is to be confident and assertive and ambitious and decisive. And what I expect of a good woman is to be other-oriented, nurturing, caring, and kind. When those stereotypes can clash, it can create problems. It can create problems for the leader because it creates a sense of anxiety and insecurity. It also can create discomfort for the audience to say, wait, I don't know how to classify you. And so a lot of the challenges that we, when we say women experience different challenges than men, they're generally traced to the fact that we have a stereotype conflict that we, that we encounter for women, and we don't encounter stereotype conflict for men because the stereotype of being male and the stereotype of being a leader are the same thing. So when men act and when we watch men, we don't have to try to figure out who we expect them to be. A challenge for women? Yes, it is. But it can be overcome. And women do overcome it. And in terms of looking at the research on what do successful women leaders do, the basic advice, if you think about this, is hey, it really helps if you don't violate the stereotype that other people expect of you. Now, does that mean that women cannot be dominant, assertive, and lead with authority? Absolutely not. But what research has found is that women have to sometimes utilize strategies that men don't have to worry about. So in organizations, women are asked for favors more than men. Women do more favors than men. And the favors done by women are seen as less valuable than the identical favors is done by men and reciprocated with less value. This idea that women are other-oriented. So if you did something nice for me, it wasn't because you were trying to help me. It's because, oh, you just like doing things for other people. So women have to think about stereotypes based on their position in the organization and whether those stereotypes are in conflict with others' expectations of them as women. But the solution can come from working on status. Here's the thing. We are, our status is, is nothing more than what other people deem it to be. And that can be really frustrating. We don't get to 100% control it. All we can do is show up in a way that says these are the, you know, I am, I am leading in a way that is um, honest and transparent 
and I'm doing the things that I would want done to me. And I think the simple message for a woman who's very busy and doesn't want to have, uh, doesn't want to overthink it and shouldn't overthink it is, if I can, whenever I need to be influential, message how what I'm doing has some benefit for somebody other than myself, that messaging is is very helpful. That's true for men too. There's nothing wrong with a man uh, saying, let me explain to you how this is really helpful to the rest of the group. It's just particularly important for women. And while this understanding of status and power is particularly important for women as they rise up in the ranks within their organization, Allison's right. Everyone can take the time to consider their status in the workplace and build more positive relationships with colleagues. And so I always talk about this idea that with every individual and every relationship, we have a bank of, of credits and debits. And it's much better, just like with your retail banking institution, it is much better in your relationships to deposit before you withdraw. So if I have done for you with no expectation of getting something in return, that is going to create a, a positive, your, your positive view of me. It will bolster my status in your eyes. And what we've seen um, is that it's much cheaper to put the deposit in the bank first and then make a big withdrawal than to ask for a favor and say, if you do this for me, I, then I'm really going to owe you one. So take the time each day to find little ways to make a few deposits into your status bank account. Send along an article to a colleague they may find helpful or introduce two friends who could benefit from a new working relationship. And if you find that you have high power and low status, take it one step further. For most of it, it's not, it's not some secret or some rocket science, right? If I deliver value, if I honor commitments, if I am transparent in my logic, all of these things lead us to like and trust and respect other people. And so there's nothing more to it than that. What we find is that women uh, are good at depositing. They are not as good at withdrawing. And there was a quote by a, by a female leader in a corporate organization. She said, women hoard favors like their airline miles, basically. You can never spend them because you never know when you're going to need them. But I think it's also a lesson for the female leader, which is um, you do your favors consciously, strategically, add legitimate value to other people's relationships, but also recognize that that is a reciprocal relationship and recognize it's not airline miles, right? You don't want the airline to go out of business. You should spend them. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Well Said, the official storytelling podcast from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. If you're interested in learning more about the Keenan Flagler School of Business, visit keenan-flagler.unc.edu. Do you have an idea for an upcoming episode of Well Said? Send us a tweet at UNC or shoot us an email at wellsaid@unc.edu. You can find Well Said wherever you get podcasts. So we hope you'll subscribe and leave us a review. See you next week.